Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Well, can you give God one more big hand clap of praise? Just make some noise for Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you for being here today. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Malachi, if you'll hang out with me just for a little bit. I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 John. 1 John. I ain't got anything to do today but God's will, okay? So uh, that's the only thing I got on my schedule. With that being said, I'm not going to be long for the sake of being long. In fact, I've only got three points today. But... um, I want the Lord to speak to you. I want the Lord to speak to you today. I, as I do every week, I sat down with, with Lauren and this week, and I go over what I'm going to preach. Unless we're doing a, a, a series, she knows what's going. Then we know what's going on. But today, earlier this week, I sat down with her and went over what I was going to preach, so that she could make graphics and different things like that. Uh, any points I may have. And so I, we went over what I was going to speak about. And uh, this weekend, the Lord was dealing with me about something else. And so we had a conversation. And, uh, and I feel like this is what God would have me to preach. So I got here today and early this morning, I told Lauren, I said, um, we're going to preach something different today. And. We don't have any graphics, and it's okay, and we don't have any points to be put up on the screen. That's fine, okay? I want to be pleasing to God and sensitive to His Spirit today. So, the message I want to preach this morning, I've entitled, The Last Call. I don't know if you've ever been in an airport and running a little late, and they'll say, Last Call. Last Call. In other words, that means you need to hurry up and get on this plane or you'll get on another plane because this was leaving. Last call. Uh, This is in different other arenas as well. But I believe God, we're living in the day of a last call. The scripture actually says last hours. Last hours. This is nothing that makes me sad, by the way. This is something I rejoice in. That this world is not all there is. You know, that kind of separates us from non-believers. There's many things that, that are different about us, but one of the things is that we understand that as bad as this world is, or as bad as our day may be, that we've got something called hope. And the Bible says, if this is all there is, man, we're jacked up. It's bad. But this isn't all there is. And you can have a lot of good days on this earth. I've had some good ones. But they do not compare with what's waiting for me. And I've had some terrible days. Have you? But that's not all that's waiting on you. That's not all there is. So today I want to talk about the fact that 
there's going to be a few last things that we are going to experience. The last call. First John chapter 2. I want you to look what it says with me. And I don't want you to just listen to me. I want you to hear what God's Word's saying. You know, I know how church is. I've been to church all my life. I'm an expert in church. And I know the preacher gets up and he reads the scripture and you kind of, ah, well, whatever. You listen to him. And you're waiting for the wow factor. Well, th Listen, this is the wow factor. The scripture. In fact, if I just read this and maybe some other scriptures I've got planned to read and said, okay, that's it. That would be okay. Because the word speaks for itself. So I want you not to just hear me say it, but I want you to read it. If you don't have a Bible with you, there's one on the wall. So let's see what it says. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, are y'all listening? The love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. Let me read it from this. The version that I'm reading out of is usually on this screen, but it's not today for, for some reason. I'm not sure. But it says, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride in one's possessions, the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world, with its lust, is passing away. You know what that means? It means it's dying. Ain't that what we say here in the South? We use that, that, that terminology. She passed away. He passed away. What's that mean? He died. And this world is dying. It's passing away. This world is passing away. But the one who does the will of God remains forever. Verse 18. Children, that's me and you. It is the last hour. The last time. The last hour. And as ye have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. By this we know that this is the last hour. What does the word antichrist mean? You can look up now at me or whatever. What does the word antichrist mean? It means anything that's against Christ. And, and the Bible, thank you Malachi, the Bible says that the antichrist is here. Has come and is coming. What The spirit is here. What is the antichrist? Anything that opposes and replaces Christ with the goal of distracting Christians from pursuing Jesus. Would anybody say, yeah, the spirit of Antichrist is here? Absolutely. It is here. In fact, everything in this world goes is against Christ. It's against Christ. Is at odds with Jesus. In fact, Jesus is now 
And those who follow Jesus, usually they're known as bigots and closed-minded and haters of anything that doesn't look like them. And can I tell you, that's the furthest thing from the gospel. In fact, it's the very opposite. Other religions, and I use that as because I don't even believe that Christianity is a religion. I believe it's a movement. But other religions are very opposite in the fact. In fact, they will tell you that homosexuals should die. Muslims, they don't put up with anything that's not, doesn't follow their religion. Every other religion is a religion of no, of, of, of no, uh, what's the word I'm wanting to, to, to look for? No grace. No grace. The gospel is full of grace. Oh yes, there's truth, but there's grace. Because the gospel says, I needed grace just like you need grace. See, all ground is level at the foot of the cross. It doesn't matter where you lived. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter the language you speak. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you were born on. The fact is we were all born sinners in need of, be, of being born again. Needing Jesus Christ. This is the gospel of Jesus. And here we are today experiencing the fact, understanding that many, many, many oppose Christianity. And it was like that when Jesus was walking on this earth. But also we should know that the urgency to make things right is so vital. I told people today, or not today, but this week, that I'm making sure that I don't, that I, t that I take advantage of every moment. That I don't let just time, let time just pass me by, understanding that people need to hear the gospel. Because we are living in, oh yes, the last days, but I believe the last hours, the last moments. See, there is a doctrine in this word, and, and, and whether people believe it or not, it really doesn't matter because it's the truth, and it's this, that one day Jesus is coming back for his church. And some would say, well, that's old school, Pastor. I don't know if I believe that. Well, I don't really care what you believe. I mean, I do. But it's not going to change what I know. And I know that God is going to call away his church one day. And hey, whether that happens tomorrow or 10 years or 100 years from now, here's the facts I do know. One day we're all going to stand before God. All of us. We're not, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed lunch, y'all. And we are all going to stand before God. I want to talk about some last things you're going to experience in this life. 
the one day is going to be the last day that you hear this voice. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the voice of the church. See, there's, there's one thing that's standing between the sinner and hell, and that's the voice of the church. It's the voice of, well, what are they saying? And oh, let's see what they should say. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. This is what they should say. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. In other words, we speak for the king. And since God is making his appeal through us, we plead, this is what we say, on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled unto God. Be reconciled unto God. That is the sound as the church that we should be making. Hey, do you know Jesus? That is the sound. And that is the truth that we're standing on. What truth? That Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. That there is only one way to God. Hey, y'all, did you know that? That there is only one way to God? And his name is Jesus there is no other name, the Bible says, whereby man can be saved except through the name of Christ Jesus. Jesus asked Peter one day, he said, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, I believe that you are Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, man, that is, you got it right. And upon this rock, upon this foundational statement, upon this truth, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall shall not prevail against it. You know what that means? You know what that means? That the gates of hell shall not prevail against it? Hell, uh, gates aren't offensive weapons. I, I hear people say, yeah, that means we'll fight against the... You don't fight against the gate. Right? Do you? Don't let me drive by and see you fighting your gate. No, we don't fight gates. We open gates. Gate marks territory. Some of you got a gate in front of your property. You know what it says? You got it locked. You know what it says? Don't come over here. Don't come trespassing. This is, you can come up to this gate, and that's as far as you can go. But when you have the truth of the gospel, Jesus was saying to Peter, if you'll hold on to that truth, if that will be your message, that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. If you'll hold on to that truth, there is nowhere you can't take this gospel. There is nowhere you can't go and this won't work. Do you hear me? There's nowhere this gospel won't work. I know there's some people who say, you can't come over here in my neighborhood. Or, you know, we go out and we share the gospel with people and the people be looking at us funny. You know, they say, well, I don't know. I, don't, I can't believe you're over here. No, 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 no. I don't care. How, you know, I'm not intimidated by what, what gate you may put up. Or, you know, I will, you know, you can't go over there to that. That neighborhood because you know those people over there you know well you know you know no I don't know I do know this that if they don't hear the gospel and they die without Jesus they will die and go to hell so I've got to be an ambassador and say be reconciled unto God hey it's not religion I'm not talking about religion I'm not talking about joining a church I'm not talking about being baptized I'm talking about, do you know Jesus? See, the voice that's standing between the sinner and hell today is the voice that's most hated, and it's the voice of the church. It's the voice of the church. You don't think this world system is 
is satanic? Oh, yeah. Because the very thing the people need is the very thing they're told to hate. The system of this world is flawed. I love America, but it's flawed. I've been to other countries. I've been to several other countries. I always want to get back. They're, they're special in their unique way. But I love America. But I'll tell you, America is flawed. Because it's built by man. And anything built by man is flawed. There is only one truth that, that, that will remain and stand the test of time. And it's this gospel. It's this message in which I preach. It's this, it's this gospel which you believe. And it's the only thing that's going to stand the test of time. Kingdoms will fall. But there's one kingdom that will remain. And it's the kingdom of God. May our voice today, church, if you're a believer, maybe you've grown silent. Maybe you've grown quiet. Maybe you're deceived. Maybe you don't understand how urgent the hour is. But I pray you get your voice back. I pray you get your boldness back. I pray you get your backbone back. I pray that you would begin to, begin to exclaim with assurance and boldness without fear of contradiction and without reservation that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. And I love you enough to tell you that. I love you enough to tell you that if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, if you don't believe that he died for you and he, was rose, again, or he rose again for you, if you don't believe that, yes, I love you enough to tell you that if you don't believe that and if you don't accept this love invitation, if you don't accept it, you will go to hell. And I love you enough to tell you that. Listen, you don't get mad at your doctor when your doctor tells you you got cancer you don't expect your doctor to lie do you do you do you say man my doctor's so good he didn't tell me I had cancer and now I'm in stage four cancer I'm about to die you don't thank your doctor for that no you want your doctor to tell you the truth and let me tell you about a doctor that's greater than any doctor with any MD with any doctor behind his name I'm talking about Jesus the great physician and this is what Jesus said listen I didn't come for the well it's not the well that need a doctor it's the sick so I gotta tell them hey you got a disease and the disease you got is not an incurable disease because I had the same disease it was the disease of sin but when the blood of Jesus Jesus Christ is applied to my life he washed me, he cleansed me and he made me whole and what he done for me he can do for you it's not about me shoving something down your throat but if I could I would in fact, if I could scare you, I would. If I could scare you into the believing, I would. But that's not how this works. In Afghanistan, many Christian missionaries were slaughtered just recently. People that, people that were being supported by churches here in America, they heard nothing from them. They were calling him, trying to reach out to him, heard nothing from him, emailing him, texting him, trying to hear something from him. No word. Found out a few days later. Heads cut off. Children, women, men, whole families slaughtered. For the sake of the gospel. May we find our voice. May we find our voice. Persecution here in America is very little to none. May we find our voice, y'all.
I know what they say. I know what they say. You're bigots. You're, 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 you're closed-minded. I know, I, know, I, know, I know all that. I understand that. But the fact is, I love you enough to tell you the truth. I love you enough to tell you the truth. See, I, I didn't, I didn't, I've, I've experienced this thing firsthand. I was on my way to hell. But Jesus saved me. You know what he saved me from? He saved me from myself. Because the older I got, the, I was going to self-destruct. He saved me from myself. You know what he saved me from? He saved me from religion. Thinking I could do enough to be, get, to, to be enough to have a relationship with him. And that ain't how it works. You don't do enough to become enough to have a relationship with him. You come to Jesus just like you are. One day you'll, this will be the, the, you will hear this gospel for the last time. Well, with the opportunity to do something about it. See, I believe in hell you'll hear this message over and over again. But you won't have the opportunity to do anything about it. One day you're going to hear the last knock. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. See, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come and eat with him. Well, that sounds good. Getting kind of hungry right now. I'll come and eat with him and he with me. Babe, what, what is that... Uh, that little boy, that, who's that, what's that little boy's name that always knocks on the door? Grayson. I'm trying to remember that in the 9 o'clock service. A couple weeks ago, I met this boy in my neighborhood named Grayson. And there was some stuff going on over at his house, and, and he needed somebody to talk to, and he'd come up, how old is he, probably eight? Eight years old. He rides his bike all through the neighborhood. And one day I was sitting on the porch and there was some activity going on at his house that had drew the, the attention of deputies. And uh, so here he comes, man. He is tearing out on his bicycle and I'm on, my, on the porch because nothing will draw you out of your house like police, right? You'll be, what's going on over there? Some of y'all ain't never lived in that kind of neighborhood, I see. Well, it'll really draw you out if you ain't seen it. So anyway, I was, I, was, I was on the porch, and I was, you know, seeing what was going on. And here comes Grayson. And Grayson comes by, and he comes up on the porch, and he just starts talking to me. I'd never met him before. He just starts talking to me, and man, he's like, he's got this big old personality, and he has, he had like he knew me. You know, he come up on the porch, and there was another rocking chair, and he just come up on the porch and sat down. I asked him what his name was, you know, and he told me and all that. And so we just talked, and he began to open up and tell me about what was going on over there, and I prayed with him about what was, you know, the situation. And he was telling me, you know, just, just talking, getting some things off his chest, I guess. And anyway, after that, he just, just, just as easy as he got on the porch and sat down, when he was done, he just got off the porch. Got off the porch, walked down, said, all right, well, I'll see you tomorrow. I said, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. I didn't think a whole lot about, about it until the next day. 
And y'all, Grayson, Grayson knocks now like the popo. <laughs> I'm sitting at my house. We're all sitting there. And I'm talking about like a grown man, little Grayson. Knocks on the door. I thought, oh my God, who is that? Me and Holly looking at each other. We're all looking at each other because nobody knocked like that, you know, except the police. <laughs> and I looked out the window, couldn't see nobody. Opened the door, and there he was. Grayson. Hey. Hey. I went back out there, sat down. He wanted to know if my daughter was home. I said, no. She's not home. She never will be home. And uh, in fact, she moved off. We sat down. We talked a little, little bit. Then Holly, I think, drove up. We were sitting there. But anyway, he has a very distinct knock and he knocks at the worst times like the right when Judah has been laid down for a nap Judah's my two and a half year old son right when they lay him down for a nap that's when Grayson I'm talking about bam 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 a distinct knock we know it's Grayson when he comes to the door a lot of times Grayson will come when I ain't really wanting to go to the door like I've just laid down, sat down in my recliner. You know what I mean? Or I'm busy doing something. Grayson will knock. You see, when he knocks, I know it's Grayson. He's got a distinct knock. The Bible says that Jesus will knock. He will knock on the door of your heart. And he has a distinct knock, doesn't he? You know when Jesus is knocking. But here's the thing about Jesus. The Bible says, Revelation th uh, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 20, put it back up there, that he will not barge in. It doesn't say he's going to kick the door down and come in. No, what does it say? It says he will knock. And I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. I'm coming to have fellowship with you. Here's the thing, y'all. Jesus knocks at our heart's door. But a lot of times we say, like I, like, like I think about when Grayson knocks on the door, I'm too busy. I don't have enough time. Right now is a bad time, Grayson. Right now is a bad time, Jesus, but we don't understand how beautiful it is. We don't think about it that the Creator would take the time. You know how many people there is in this earth, on this earth right now? I think it's like 7 billion something people. God loves you so much. Don't ask me how He does it. I have no clue. But He loves you so much. He created you. He could barge in if he wanted to. Right? But he knocks. Waiting for you to open the door. Waiting for you to open the door and let him in. But you know what? We don't open the door. Let's be honest. 
There's many people, there's people here today, you've heard the knock on the door, but you were too busy. You had too much going on. Hey, come at a later time. But here's the thing I want to bring up, bring to your attention. One day you'll hear the last knock. One day there won't be no more knock at the door. One day Grayson is going to realize I'm not as cool as he thinks I am. He ain't going to knock on my door anymore. He'll be done knocking on my door. He won't want to hang out on the porch and talk about things. He's not going to want to do that anymore. And there's coming a day when Jesus will quit knocking at your door. You say, well, I'll make up my mind one day to serve God. I'll make up my mind to live for him one day. I'll get saved one day. I'll do this one day. He'll keep, whenever I get ready, I'm going to do it. I got some things I want to do right now. I don't really want to settle down. But here's the gospel and this thing we don't get. You don't, you don't just come to Jesus when you want to. There has to be a knock. He has to first come to you before you can come to him. The gospel is not man reaching up to God first. It's God reaching down to man first. I can stand here at this door all day long. You'll never know it. Jesus, is he with us? Oh, yeah. There ain't no place you can go that Jesus is not there. But whether he knocks on your door is a completely different is a completely different circumstance. And one day, the knocking is going to cease. What agitates you right now, you will beg for. And I can't wrap my mind around this, Jamie. Seven billion people on the face of this earth. Why would he knock on my door? You need to think about that. If God is knocking on your door, why won't you answer? Why won't you answer? What is it that you've got to do that you can't? He doesn't need you, friend. He doesn't need you. But he loves you so much. He wants you. He's willing to chase after you. He's willing to knock on the door of your heart. Are you going to let him in? Are you going to let him in today? One day we'll hear the last knock and it'll be too late. One day you're going to hear the last voice of the church crying out to you, be reconciled to God. One day you're going to hear the last knock. And one day you're going to come across your last chance. Your last chance. Matthew chapter 25, Jesus gives us a parable about ten virgins so, uh, are centered around a Jewish wedding. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. I'm just going to read through it. Here we go. Oh, well, I already am, aren't I? Verse 3. When the foolish took their lamps, they didn't take any oil with them. But the wise ones took oil in their flasks with their lamps. When the groom was delayed, they became drowsy and fell asleep. In the middle of the night, there was a shout. Here's the groom. Come out to meet him. Stop just a minute. So here you've got five people. Five people have 
each one of them have a lamp. Each lamp has a wick and a, all that, just like a lamp should have. But five have oil, five do not. How good is a lamp going to work without oil? What does the oil represent? Well, throughout the Bible, if you read the Bible some, you'll see that the oil represents the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Spirit of God is not in you, you are not of His. The one thing that seals you is the Spirit of God living inside of you. In fact, it is the great mystery. It was the great mystery Paul spoke about, Jesus Christ living in us. Go back up to the Scripture. And in the middle of the night, there was a shout. It was kind of sudden. Here's the groom. Come out to meet him. Here they are. Now they're getting their stuff together. All the virgins get up and they trim their lamps. Now this it blows my mind. You got five that's got oil, five that don't, but all of them are doing the work. The same thing. See, there's a lot of church people that will go to hell. They go through the motions. Never, they never encountered a relationship with Jesus, but they, they go to church. If they were to check a box, they would not check Islam or Buddhist because, well, they were raised to be a Christian, so they check the box of Christian. They trim their lamps, but they have no oil. The foolish one said to the wise ones, hey, let me get some of your oil because our lamps are going out. The wise one answered, no, there ain't enough for me and you. Go to where they sell oil and get your own. You say, well, that sounds harsh. Well, it's the truth. Just because your mama was saved and your daddy was saved doesn't mean you're saved. You're not saved by osmosis. You're saved by life transformation. You have to be transformed by Jesus Christ. You've got to play yourself. You have to place your faith in Jesus. And it has to be an intimate, real relationship between you and Jesus. There won't be enough for us and you. Go instead. We go back. Go instead to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. When they went to buy some, next verse, the groom arrived and those who were ready went in with him and the wedding, to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, those who didn't have any oil came up and said, Master, Master, open up the door. And he replied, Truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, be alert because you don't know either the day or the hour. See, there's coming a day when he will shut the door. And let me tell you something. Good people don't go to heaven. I've heard people say that, you know, well, I'm a good person. Well, good people, just because you're good don't mean you go to heaven. Hell's full of good people. Did you know that? When they see the ASPCA thing come up on the screen on the TV and they're singing, and they're getting ready to do that, by the way. Sarah McLaughlin is fixing to sing the most saddest song you've ever heard. And uh, the most hungry little puppy is going to walk across your screen. It's going to break your heart. And you're chewing on that turkey leg. And you know guilt just settles in. And you think, nah, -uh, ain't no, they ain't not another puppy dying with me living on this earth. And you shell out some money. 
good person. I remember when I watched Free Willy. Anybody know what Free Willy is? Michael Jackson sung that song. Sung the song. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I don't remember the words. You do, don't you? You want to sing it? Okay. Man, when that movie got over, I thought, uh-uh. Ain't no more whales dying. <laughs> no, uh I was ready to get a sign, hold it, save the whales. I'm ready to do something. You know, that's good. That's great, I guess. Here's the thing. Good people don't go to heaven. Saved people go to heaven. It's okay. If you're saved, you can clap. It's true. Saved people go to heaven. Born again people go to heaven. One day, you're going to have your last opportunity to make things right. And here's why I say that. Genesis chapter 6, verse 23. It says, my spirit will not always strive with man. That's scary, y'all. See, because you can't get saved without the Spirit of God drawing you. Here's the miracle of the gospel. You don't make a decision and think on your own and think, I need to be saved. You think you do, but that's not how it works. The Spirit of God awakens you to the fact. See, before you ever have a revelation of who Jesus is, you have a revelation of who you are. See, because you're deceived thinking you're all, you got it all together. You're deceived to think you don't need any help from anybody. So before you can have a revelation of who Jesus is, first you have a revelation of who you are. And you ain't all you think you are. In fact, you will find out that you are missing a lot, mainly a person. And his name's Jesus. You come to the revelation that you are lost. And you can't, you can't, you're lost and you can't find the way home. You need Jesus. You need a Savior. You find out that you've got a lot of sin in your life. It's a revelation. And then if you've got a lot of sin in your life, then you come to the stark understanding that, wait a minute, if I am a sinner, I need a Savior. And this is the working of the Holy Spirit. This is why it's a miracle. You have a revelation of who you are and you think, I need Jesus. This is the knock on the door. But one day, his spirit is not going to strive with you. It's going to quit fighting with you. And you've had your last chance. See, all, all mercy and grace, y'all, are on this side of eternity. When you stand before God, we have some people in this church. We've got one lady. She's 97 years old. That is, that's up there. That's like almost 100. <laughs> you don't know anybody. You probably don't know anybody 97. She's 98. I should know that. I just went to her birthday party. 98. She's, that's so old you forget. Like how old, I mean, nine. <laughs> Oh, I mean it is. But she does good. She gets around and walks. I mean, she does well. Still in her right mind. I mean, it's amazing. But let me tell you, that's a long time. Who? 
I want to live till I'm, I want to live to be 98 as long as I'm healthy. That seems like a long time, doesn't it? But it ain't. If you could ask her, she'd say it ain't that long. In fact, you would ask her, she said it just happened. It's just like that. See, we can't grasp eternity then, can we? Forever? I can't grasp that. My mind can't grasp forever. I freak out when you put the instant potatoes in and they're only supposed to last a minute and 30 seconds. <laughs> forever? That's a long time. But what you do, whether it's 97 years or 30 years, or 74 years, what you do, whether you answer the door, you hearken to the voice of God, it's going to change your eternity forever. One day you're going to hear the last knock. One day you're going to hear this message for the last time. And one day you're going to have your last chance to do what, Pastor? To give Jesus your life, to surrender to him, to believe that he died for you and rose for you. To believe that, hey, come to the conclusion, I don't have it all together and I need Jesus. And here's the reality. If you don't come to that place, you will spend eternity wishing you did. Stand with me all across the building. Musicians, you can come. Today, if you don't know Jesus, I mean, you can know him, y'all. Like, I don't, know, I don't know of anybody in America, I don't know if I've run across anybody in America that hasn't heard the name of Jesus. There are not many places actually, well, the other is but not any place that I have been where an overwhelming majority of people haven't heard the name of Jesus. It's one thing to know who Jesus is. It's another thing for Jesus to know you. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible where it talks about where some people step into eternity and they say, Oh, what's up, Jesus? We preached in your name. We healed in your name. We've done miracles in your name. And God says, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Are y'all listening to me? Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. You can know somebody. I mean, but not know them. Or you can know somebody and them not know you. I know everybody that plays on the Atlanta Braves. I know them. If I seen them, I'd say, what's up, Dansby? Freddie, my dog, what's going on? Austin. Oh, man, you playing good this year. You know what? I know them but they ain't got a clue who I am. It's one thing to know Jesus. Oh, yeah, I know him. Yeah, 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 Jesus. Oh, yeah, 
at Christmas. Oh, babe, wrap your swaddling clothes. Oh, yeah, I know it. But does he know you? Do you have a relationship with him? And if you don't, I want to lead you to him today. I want to lead you to him. Why? Because there's something special about you? No, 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 no. Just because I'm on assignment today. I, didn't I tell you at the beginning, I'm an ambassador. I got a message straight from the king to deliver to you. Come on, brother. I want you to hear me. You know what he said? He said, I know him, but I want him to know me. Yeah. Some of y'all are thinking right now, I can't do this. I can't live like y'all live. You don't know how I live, by the way. Now, my wife does. You know the facts are this? Or is this? You have to help me now. Wow, great help. I got a jacked up. No, 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 we're good. I, uh, I, what was I going to say? Uh, my wife knows how I live. I'm not always a preacher. Sometimes I have an outburst of anger. Sometimes instead of praying for people, I want to slap people. Huh? Never, Jamie, will I come to a place in my life where I say, Wow, God, you have got to accept me because I mean I am doing good. No. I will never be able to boast about my faithfulness to God, but I will always be able to boast about His faithfulness to me. Faithfulness is always in question. But my salvation is secure in his faithfulness to me. So if you get it right or your fear of not getting it right is keeping you from coming to him, hear me. It ain't about that. It's about acknowledging the fact that you can't get it right. Come on, ma'am. Come on over here. But you can't get it right. And that you need him. So now I ask you. 
if you don't know Jesus, if you don't have an intimate relationship with him, today I'm asking you, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus now. I'm not going to do closing your eyes or bowing your heads. I'm just going to say, come. That's what Jesus told Peter, come. That's what Jesus told us in his word. If any man is weary, if you're tired, come unto me and I will give you rest. Anybody? Anybody? If you want to come, I'm saying come now. I want you to ask your neighbor, be an ambassador right now. Ask your neighbor right now, the one beside you, next to you. If you need to go to Jesus, I'll go with you. Ask him right now. Ask him right now. And if they say, yeah, grab him by the hand and come on. Grab him by the hand and come on. Stretch your hands this way right now. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? You know Jesus today. You're confident. If you don't know that you know that you know, you need to know today. You need to know today. <laughs> you won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. You won't be bound, oppressed, Tormented, sick or lame, for the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. You won't leave here like you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Satan comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's all. That's all he'll do. That's all he does. She did. Gave her life to the Lord today. Amen. If you're running today, you don't have to run. Your running can be over. You can stop. You can stop today. Some of y'all run so hard. You've ran so hard. You've ran for so long that you think that's what life is. You try to look back and make sure you've crossed all your T's and dotted all your I's and deleted all your emails and cleared out all your phone and you're running. Running. You ain't got to run. You can run your last run. You can run to Jesus. You can run to Jesus today. The truth is, I've seen many people come to Jesus and it, it hasn't lost miracle that it is. It is a miracle. And one more time, I'm going to ask you, if you don't know Jesus today, if you don't know Him today, if you're not sure today, you can know Him. And I'm begging you. You say, I don't know if that's biblical to beg somebody. Paul said, I beseech you, brethren, I beg you, brothers and sisters, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. This is your reasonable act of worship. Yeah. I'm asking you, I'm begging you, if you don't know him, come. Step out. What do you have to lose? Condemnation? Guilt, shame, fear, brokenness, insecurity, lostness. What do you have to gain? Joy, peace, love, strength, hope, a new life, forgiveness of sin. So I'm asking you today, this is it. I'll go home. i got to preach somewhere else today. But I'm going to go home for a little bit, and I feel okay. I feel like I delivered my spirit, my soul. But I want to give you one more call, one more knock. If you don't know Jesus, come now. Three. I'm just going to count it down. Two. You coming? Come on. You're coming home.
prodigals would come home. I pray that the prodigals would come home. And she knows, she, she, Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Lift your hands toward heaven. We're fixing to dismiss. You won't be bound, oppressed, tormented, sick, or lame. For the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. You won't leave here like you came. I, I won't leave here like I came we won't leave here like we came in Jesus name lift your hands all across the building Father we thank you now for your mercy your love and your grace thank you for drawing people home thank you for salvation God, thank you for ministering to people in a real way today. And we bless you. We honor you today. I thank you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Lord, I give you praise and honor for all that you're doing and all that you've done. And may we go out this week and be ambassadors, preaching the message of your son, Jesus. We give you praise, Father, for it all. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise today? We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.